Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, founder of the Sports History Network. And fortunately, by the title of the episode, you may have already guessed that this is what we call a tribute episode to a former member of the Sports History Network, Mr. Frank Redding. Frank was the host of Ringside with Redding, boxing history from yesteryear. And unfortunately, at the age of 55, he passed away in the morning of Tuesday, February 8th, 2022, comfortably in his home in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Now, we at the Sports History Network love Frank, and I'm sure if you've listened to this podcast, you have as well. So we got together, we got some recordings from various members of the network to go ahead and give a little special tribute to Frank. I'm going to kind of go through the list, maybe share a little bit of my own personal stories about Frank. And at the end, I just want us all to remember how good of an individual that Frank was. A teammate, a friend, a family member of the Sports History Network. Now, not too long after Frank passed away, Joe Zagorski and I had a recording for Pro Football in the 70s. And he wanted to share his condolences for the family. And here's the beginning of that episode. Hi folks, Uh, welcome to another episode of Pro Football in the 1970s. I'm your host, Joe Zagorski, and today we'll be talking about the incredible rookie class of the 1974 Pittsburgh Steelers. But before we do, I'd like to say that this episode of Pro Football in the 1970s is dedicated to the late Frank Redding, who sadly passed away just before Super Bowl 56. May he rest in God's eternal peace. Now, if you're listening to this episode on something other than Frank's podcast feed, I got to let you know, his podcast is called Ringside with Redding, Boxing History from Yesteryear. And to give you a little bit of an insight to what the show is all about, which is still live on the Sports History Network, so you can go and listen to every episode, here's Frank's trailer. I would like to announce the podcast show Ringside with Redding, Boxing History from Yesteryear. Brought to you by the Sports History Network. I am your host, Frank Redding, from the Garden State of New Jersey. I am a middle-aged boxing mega-fan from the 1980s and 90s. I have no affiliation or allegiance with any boxing organization, federation, or alliance. I have a background in research and public speaking, boxing training, and coaching. I hope you will enjoy the factual information provided on this program. My goal is to educate and inform the listener on the history of the ultimate one-on-one sport, the sweet science. It will air bi-weekly on Saturdays and be available on the Sports History Network. Okay, now that you've heard a little bit about what Frank's show is about, and if you've listened to it on this feed, which is Ringside with Reading, then you know everything that I'm about to say, probably. So let's go back. 
I, I like to use a DeLorean in my podcast, and we'll use that whole DeLorean too. Frank loved it when I would talk about the DeLorean when we would have different kinds of episodes and such together, and just just general conversations. So Frank reaches out to the football history dude on the Sports History Network via the contact page. We went back and forth with a few little emails and such, and finally we decided, let's talk over the phone. Right away, I could tell that Frank was just a passionate individual who had an intense love for history. Now, we're talking sports history on the network, but he had a love for all of history. He even sent me a DVD from his public speaking career uh, that (laughs) had to do with some things not covering sports history. So we we went back and forth. We ultimately decided to get onto a Zoom, kind of like a conference call to be able to set up something for him to try to see where he was at to be able to start off with the show. And something actually happened where, I don't know, our wires got crossed, so we didn't actually have the Zoom right away and then we ended up having a month or so pass by then on july 24th of 2021 frank sent me an email that said this arnie good evening i hope you and your family are healthy well and safe i am still interested in putting a boxing podcast together i will consider myself a historian mostly on the 1970s 80s and 90s then a bunch of things hope to hear from you at the very end i go whoop I guess we missed out on our time, so I sent him a calendar link, and boom. I guess you could say the rest is history. Well, a boxing history, that is, because with Frank, we got to talk about boxing and everything. Well, like I said earlier, he was a little nervous about the, the, the technology type of things, not knowing how to set up the computer and everything else. So his, his daughter-in-law hooked us up. We went on Squadcast to be able to set up kind of like the, the Zoom thing I was telling you about. And he got on there. You could just tell how excited he was about the possibility of being able to share the history knowledge he has tucked away in his brain. And if you knew him, you would realize that this guy just is like basically a walking encyclopedia. So we ended up getting into some of the things about like, hey, Frank, this is what you need to do to be able to start a podcast. Let's go with action item A, B, C, yada, yada, and so forth. And that was just a part of it. Because in the middle of this conversation, Frank turns on what you could call his Redding Charm during the conversation. We chatted about his old memories of going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, various memories from his days watching sports. We even got into how he would run a mile backwards. Now think about that. He said, I just wanted to run a mile backwards just so I could see how it would go. Like, think about literally running a mile backwards. That's how this guy was. He wasn't wired the same as other people, but that was what made him so special. And the crazy thing is, he remembered the actual dates of all of these random events that we were talking about. I mean, I would bring something up and he goes, oh yeah, that was on this date and this date, maybe even the weather and all this stuff, and it would go on and so forth, and we would just talk on and on and on again. He was like an encyclopedia for historical data. At the time, of course, we're we're talking more sports data. And then two weeks later, I get that trailer episode that you heard at the beginning of the show. And then we officially launched Rankside with Reading on August 15th of 2021. We ultimately ended up releasing 12 episodes for Frank's podcast. And I'll tell you what, in that eight months or so, I was able to get to know Frank in many ways. And I think maybe part of it was not just because of our conversations we would have, but it was one of those things where I was, he was in my ears when I was editing the podcast. So it was like these raw recordings where I was able to get a different perspective and have this like conversation in my head with Frank, even though he wasn't there. But that wasn't really my favorite part. 
My favorite memories of Frank were when we actually, I guess we could say I acted as a moderator. I don't know if that's the right word, but we had Mark Moore there, Frank Redd, would get together. They first talked about their uh, love and fandom for the, the Redskins-Cowboys rivalry during like the 70s and 80s. And then they talked later on about like the wrestling, pro wrestling back in the same time frame. And I'll tell you what, that was when Frank was really able to shine because his personality came full bore and it was out there and you were just realizing this is someone who should have been doing this a lot sooner than he did. He was just an awesome dude. And that's where I want to bring in Mark because Mark and Frank grew close over the months. Here's Mark's tribute. Hello, fellow sports fans and fellow podcasters. My name is Mark Mortier, and the name of my show is Yesterday Sports. As most of you know by now, we recently lost one of our fellow podcasters, Frank Redding. Frank's show, Ringside with Redding, was a favorite amongst us boxing fans. I want to offer my condolences to Frank's family, especially his wife, Erica. As much as I've enjoyed my time at the Sports History Network, I must admit there had been times when I allowed negative thoughts to get into my head. Thoughts like, why am I doing this? It can get very time-consuming, and I'm not making any money from this. Does anyone even listen or care about my podcasts? Then along comes a guy like Frank Redding. Frank had a passion and enthusiasm that were contagious, and he was able to put it all in perspective. Frank did it because he enjoyed it. He had a passion for sharing his knowledge and his love for sports history and history in general. In August of last year, we began emailing each other, and we quickly developed a special bond. We shared some childhood memories and ideas for the Sports History Network. I was fortunate enough to work with Frank on two podcasts, and we had plans to do a third. Frank was largely responsible for renewing my enthusiasm for podcasting. Although I only knew him for about five months, I know I'll never forget him. You are one for the ages, Frank. Rest in peace. And speaking of Mark and Frank, here are some clips of the conversations that I pulled out. Now, you can listen to both episodes over on Frank's podcast. Or actually, no, I tell you what, that's over on the Football History Do podcast for the football one. And then also you can listen to both of them on Yesterday Sports. So go to Yesterday Sports and listen to that show. And you can listen to the whole thing. But here are some clips. In 1974, I was a mega football fan. Well, Turned around on the dial, like Mark mentioned. Here was uh, Channel 29 was All-Star Wrestling, and Channel 17 was Championship Wrestling. All-Star was shown at 1 o'clock Central Time, and uh, Championship was shown at 5 p.m. on Channel 17, and All-Star was 29. I was just searching through the channels, and... Guys were sunset flipping each other and jumping off the turnbuckle, and I, I actually thought it was comical watching this. Like, oh, look at these guys flying around, and oh, you know. And so then that piqued my interest. I, uh, 
start watching the TV and, and see in those days it was set up all the angles were done on television. So if you missed a television episode, you wouldn't know what was going on. Okay, now um, I start watching, and Mark, Mark, one of the first matches I can remember, and that was early in 1975, is Tony Gurry and the Wolfman on Championship Wrestling. And Rocka was the guest referee. Not, not intentionally. That. that was an accident that happened when he slammed him on his head, didn't turn him over properly. That, that's what I had. That was a terrible, nearly tragic accident that occurred. It wasn't in the act. It wasn't in the script, if you will. But like Mark was saying earlier, see, in those days, Arnie, it was a secret that this isn't a legitimate sporting event, but the guys were under oath almost, I guess you could say. It was an unwritten rule. You didn't come out and say it wasn't legitimate. To them, to them, to the public, they were putting it off like this is a legitimate. You know what I, I used to get suspicious about when I was a kid? When How come they only seem to bleed in their forehead, I said. I thought that was what was suspicious to me. These guys don't seem to get cut anywhere else but there. So, you know, I got going to the – you wouldn't see that normally on television. You wouldn't see any Keller, as they called it. Okay, uh, blading, as we later knew it to be, but you, when you went to the bigger arenas, you would see that, like in the title matches. It was thrill for the for the crowd to see that. Okay, well, the guys bleed, and this is the, the, the it was a secret within the industry. You didn't talk about it. But well, well, just a couple of things I wanted, uh, Mark. I, I just wonder if that. Do you think that Mrs. Krieger was on the payroll, possibly? She could have been like a heckler in the crowd, maybe, you know? It seemed like it seemed like she was always there every week. Yeah, and, and, and you, you know, it's a situation, too, you know, in these sporting events, if you're not in on it, the police right. will escort you out. You know, you're, right. you're a disturbance to the wrestlers. You know, you know what I mean? Like any kind of sporting event, anybody unwanted comes in there. The police will escort them out, maybe even arrest you, no I got less. A good story to tell in closing that I didn't mention during this. It was funny because, you know, um, my dad used to take me to a lot of the local shows. Today, it's in the Trenton area, a place like the CYO and St. Mary's would have professional wrestling. I mean, these places held, I don't know, four or 500 people at the tops. Okay. And I remember this one time, um, we were going to St. Mary's which is in uh, downtown Trenton. So we're driving down South Broad Street, which is like the main drag in town. We pull up to a light, and all of a sudden, this old beat-up Cadillac pulls up next to us. And he says, uh, do you know where St. Mary's is? I said, hey, Dad, that was Dominic DiNucci was driving, and one of the Samoans was in the passenger seat. They were probably like in this old beat-up, like, mid-1960s Cadillac. And it was funny because one was a good guy and one was a bad guy. They're riding together to this show. And then um, we says, we're going there. Follow us. We'll take you right there. Okay. So that was a comical moment. And I was suspicious before. And when I seen that, I was like, wow, you know, these guys are enemies in here. They're riding. 
they're riding together, you know, and a lot of these guys are friends outside for real. Yeah, and, um, my, another time, my dad was a Trenton fireman, and um, we weren't at this show one time, but he comes down, he was the captain of his shift. Some of the firemen come in, they cap, um, there's a guy down here to see you. My dad didn't know who it was, and here it was Bulldog Brower came in the firehouse and they says, Oh, you know, the captain, his son is a big wrestling fan and Bulldog Brower is looking for that St. Mary. <laughs> he come in the fire. I guess, you know, he didn't know where he was. So he saw oh, the firehouse. There's somebody in there. They'll know where to send me to. So my dad talked to him for, he said maybe like 10 minutes or something, but he said he was surprised how short he was. Bulldog Brower. <laughs> uh, yeah. My dad directed him to the location. That's, that's good. Yes, well said. Be happy, be healthy, and be safe. It was one for the ages, Frank. <laughs> Where have I heard that before? That's your line. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds familiar, Mark. No, it's just great talking to the two of you, and uh, really enjoyed it. And God bless everyone. Now, you can't beat that, can you? Again, I really wish we would have had the opportunity for more of these because that was when Frank's true personality would shine. But I wasn't the only one lucky enough to have Frank on a show either. Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch brought him on, and he shares some memories of Frank on this next tribute. Hi, this is Darren Hayes of Pigskin Dispatch and Sports Jersey Dispatch. And I had a great uh, relationship. It was too sh- way too short. Uh, only lasted uh, a few months, but in 2021, I became associated with Frank Redding when he joined the Sports History Network, and he reached out to us, and we reached back, you know, greeting him and welcoming him to the network, and Frank would respond with some really great uh, insights on the game of football, which he always denied that he was uh, a football historian, very humbly so. And we're going to have an excerpt from him in just a second where he really shows off his knowledge. But he sent me an email initially telling me about a guy from his childhood, Herb Mulkey, who played for the Washington Redskins back in a day when he watched football before his love for boxing sort of took him away from that, as he tells us. And, you know, his insight on Mulkey was just astounding and great preservation of football history that uh, Frank Redding did. And, you know, besides all his great boxing attributes that uh, he would really share with us on the the great uh, sport there. But Frank, always, you are a great football historian and never let anybody say any differently. And we're glad that we have your voice recorded and preserved for others to hear both in boxing and a lot in football, both on on my podcast and on some of the others here on Sports History Network. And I'm going to share an excerpt of Frank introducing himself and telling us a little bit about his knowledge. You can see what I mean. Start watching Ringside with Reading Boxing History from Yesteryear. Actually, a guy at my work was the one that encouraged me to do this. I'm a professional public speaker on other historical uh, information. Okay, and he told me, he says, you got to get a podcast going. So he's the one that actually thought up the first three, the Ringside with Reading. That was his idea. You believe it? He, at first, he said, let me be frank with you. And I said, you know what? That doesn't have a good ring to it, like the ringside, but Reading one. I, I like that better. Yeah, you definitely know that it's got a boxing connotation to it when you hear that ringside by Reading. So how did you become so interested in, in boxing? Well, you know, um, actually, I started off as a passionate football fan 
At well, seven years old, <laughs> at seven years of age, I start watching football. And that was the days when the goalpost was still at the front line. They kicked off from the 40-yard line. Me being in the Trenton area, okay, the Eagles were the team. And they were pretty below average in those days. In fact, the first year they were 5-8-1. and one, But that's when Roman Gabriel first came to the team. And he was the comeback player of the year in 1973. Yeah, Frank never gave himself enough credit of being a football historian, great boxing historian. Uh, Frank even shared, he sent me a DVD as he talks about a little bit. He's a professional speaker on history, and he sent me uh, some video of him talking about some things very interesting to me, uh, the JFK assassination, the Lindbergh kidnapping, among others on there. Uh, I had some prior knowledge to both of them, especially the Lindbergh kidnapping, as I had a professor when I was in college, I was a criminal justice major, and he had uh, reworked that cold case of the Lindbergh kidnapping from his view as an ex-FBI agent and uh, tried to come up with his own reasonings. on. So Frank and I had some great discussions on that. He let me hear one of his uh, public speaking addresses on the, the uh, those uh, cases of Lindbergh kidnapping and the JFK assassination. And, you know, Frank was just a great guy. He would send me emails quite often, often encouraging uh, some, maybe something I post on Pigskin Dispatch or a podcast or something. You know, Miami Dolphins, uh, when I had last fall, came up and he was very, really much enjoyed that. So he really he was a team player, really listened to a lot of our podcasts. And he would send uh, Arnie Chapman and I emails all the time on football. Ball. You know, with Green Bay and, and Tennessee, he sent us on, uh, you know, as recently as January 23rd uh, when they lost the, the game. And uh, it was just the days, uh, weeks before his passing, but his passion for football was, was still there. And, you know, he says in that email on January 23rd that he was really surprised to see both Green Bay and Tennessee, the number one seeds being defeated. The number one seed is not an instant trip to the Super Bowl, he goes on to say. Green Bay's a team he was truly amazed to see lose, as they have not won or been to the big game since defeating Pittsburgh in the 2010 season. Frank knew I was a Steelers fan. I don't think it was a shot across my bow or anything, but just stating a fact, you know, Green Bay hadn't won with the great Aaron Rodgers for so long. So, Frank, you were and still are a great football historian despite your humbleness of not knowing what it is. And I think I'm going to leave this with what Frank said, his last words on that great Herb Mulkey uh, interview that he did with me back last fall. Thank you very much, Darren. Thanks again for having me. It was quite a pleasure and an honor. No, Frank, the pleasure and the honor was all mine and the listeners of getting to listen to your great takes on sports history and its great preservation. We're going to miss you. (laughs) I tell you what, I can... I can relate to what Darren's talking about with these emails, and I could speak upon all the different ones I would receive, even my text messages. I'd be like, I think the guy didn't sleep, first of all, but then I'd wake up and there would be these text messages or these emails from Frank that would say, hello, Marty, good morning, it's this date or whatever, and this happened on this day, and so on and so forth, and I hope you have a good day, and it's just there in the inbox waiting for me when I wake up. Just some random person. Don't know why he was thinking about it, why he was thinking of me that day. But again, that's the way Frank was. He always thought about how other people were doing. And he would always remind me about how he remembered how my, my, my fandom for the Detroit Lions and my birthday and all these types of things. So just that's the way Frank was. And I could keep going on and on and on about all these wonderful things that we all want to say about Frank. But before I leave you with our last tribute clip, all I can say 
When I think about Frank, it's a line that he used all the time. And then when I was editing his episodes, I knew it was coming up. He would always say, ladies and gentlemen, this is one for the ages. And that's what Frank was. Frank was one for the ages, ladies and gentlemen. Well, speaking of Frank and one of the reasons why he actually started this show, let's get into Ariel Gonzalez tribute. Frank and I were security officers working for the same company when I first met him. We headed off immediately, talking about our shared interest in the boxing and pro wrestling history of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Adding our interest in the Three Stooges to the mix, it seemed like Frank and I could never run out of things to talk about. Then I found out Frank was a serious amateur scholar who often lectured on some of the most popular intrigues of our time. The Lindbergh kidnapping, JFK's assassination, Watergate scandal, and the O.J. Simpson case, to name a few. I discovered Frank's interests in these subjects over time. The more we talked, the more I listened to Frank share his knowledge and passion for history in general. In his modest and precisely articulated Jersey accent, Frank expounded on historical events like an expert lecturer, captivating me with his patter the way the master magician Ricky Jay captivated me with his patter and his bowl and cup tricks. In fact, Frank was so self-deprecating about his oratory skills that he often called himself a blowhard. He was nothing like a blowhard. Blowhards hit you over the head with their knowledge. That wasn't Frank's style at all. Frank was a truth seeker with a passion for the details of any historical event and the mysteries of those things that happened behind the scenes. I was lucky enough to attend a few of Frank's lectures in the summer of 2021. They were truly memorable and thought-provoking. Frank, in his inimitable style, told us he was only there to present the facts to his audience, not to sway our opinions or challenge them. It was the first time I'd heard Frank call himself a truth seeker, and it stuck with me. Just two days before he passed away, Frank texted me to offer his assistance with any DVDs or books I might need to plunge back into my podcast, when and if I decided to return to it. That was Frank, generous with his resources, with his knowledge and his time. I miss his voice. I miss his friendship. I miss his presence. For anyone who hasn't had the privilege of listening to Ringside with Redding, do yourself a favor. Sit next to Frank for a while and give a listen. I think you'll find there really is no better seat in the entire house. Now I purposely left Ariel for last because he was Frank's buddy before either one of them were even introduced to the Sports History Network. Ariel even helped push Frank into starting his own show, something that Frank excelled at. In fact, he is a Sports History Network national treasure, someone who will be missed very dearly. I mean, I'm just going to say nothing else, but we love you, Frank. I know others do exist, but I'm going to conclude this session. 
I myself am a big believer in the law of averages. Winning streaks will end sooner or later, so getting out with an undefeated record is to say the least impressive. This is Frank Redding saying to all listeners, be happy, be healthy, be safe. Until next time. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I hope that you enjoyed this recent episode presented by the Sports History Network and were able to learn some good old-fashioned sports history knowledge nuggets. I started the Sports History Network back in 2020 with the mission to help podcasters find a community of like-minded sports history nerds as well as helping aspiring podcasters to start their own shows. We have a little bit over 30 shows on the network right now covering all sorts of sports history, but as far as I'm concerned, we're just at the toothpick in the ocean moment, you know, that can't even figure it out because there's so much more coming. We wanted to create the ultimate headquarters for sports yesteryear, starting with Podcast Network and our website, but we're going to continue to move into other mediums as well. And here's the cool part, because we want you to be part of our team. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast, or maybe being a guest on one of our shows, or who knows, maybe even writing an article for us over on the website. Seriously, all you got to do is reach out to us on the contact page over at sportshistorynetwork.com. You can be as technologically savvy as a Neanderthal tapping on a stone trying to figure out this whole hieroglyphics thing back in the day. Again, it doesn't matter, because even if you don't understand the whole podcast space, we have a production team that can pretty much help you out with doing everything. All you got to do, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com, head to the contact page, fill it out. That message goes right to me, and I'll reach out to you as soon as I can. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through.